This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. And it is Writer Than You on this Thursday morning. Andrew Bogish in for Bill, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. On this Thursday morning, we know that the NFL is appealing to Sean Watson's six-game suspension. We were just told that Roger Goodell will pick somebody outside the league office to hear that appeal. The commissioner could have done it himself, but will not do that. He will let somebody else make the final decision on Deshaun Watson's punishment. There is still so much to figure out on all of this. So here comes Charles Robinson, senior NFL writer, Yahoo Sports. Good enough to be on with us this morning. Charles, it's Andrew. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Andrew. How you doing? I'm doing really well. So I guess let's begin with this, the new nugget of this morning, that Roger Goodell is going to pick somebody else to hear this appeal. I, I'm assuming you don't know a name specifically, but what kind of person, what kind of job will they have already that they're getting picked by the commissioner to hear this appeal. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's completely unexpected that he's going to, you know, choose someone to handle it. I think that was the expectation whenever you talk to some, you know, individuals from the union, the Browns, um even Watson's legal camp felt like from an optics standpoint the league would attempt to make this look a little more fair by moving it away from Roger um, and having him choose a designee. Now, he hasn't named that person yet. I expect, though, that it will be someone who has a background, some level of, of arbitration background, um, you know, potentially someone else in the league office or possibly a former judge or, or someone that they've tapped to handle investigations in the past. I don't think it's going to be an individual out of left field at all. So, um, you know, I, I just think that, for Roger, he now has to try to dress this up. I mean, the league pulled the lever to basically take control of how his process ends. And, um, you know, he has to distance himself, at least in some respect, from what that final decision will be, even though everyone expects it's going to be something along the lines of what the league had previously suggested in, in settlement talks with Watson's camp. And it's safe to assume whomever they're picking is they're going to know kind of agrees with them, or are they going to let this kind of go to chance and try to find somebody who's independent and open-minded to the whole case? I mean, <laughs> I, I would assume, I, everyone assumes that whoever the choice is is going to be well-versed in what the league had hoped Sue L. Robinson would have done right. um, as far as the, the punishment goes. I, I You know, at the end of the day, Sue Robinson's decision was very much um, behind the NFL. I mean, it was if it, it was almost like two decisions. You yeah. you read through the vast majority of it, and you felt like, okay, well, she seems to be just, you know siding with almost everything that the NFL was contending here. 
And then she just made the departure on the level of punishment, the six games. And um, so I, I think what whoever the choice is ultimately will be someone that the league will feel will bridge that gap. Now, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that they'll get the full year, which is you know what they've appealed for. They've appealed for this full year suspension, but they have given some element of leeway that if it is not a full year suspension, it will be augmented by a certain number of games and a certain monetary fine that goes along with it. Whatever the case is, whatever the, um, whether it's a full year or, or a lesser number of games plus a fine, there's going to be a mandatory aspect of treatment that goes along with this. But, you know, in the appeal itself, there at least has been given some latitude for it to not be the full year suspension, which isn't a huge surprise because in settlement talks, they did advance this idea of a 12-game suspension and a fine um, that was pretty significant in the in the territory of the $10.5 million that he earned in his final year with the Texans. And 12 games is important because the NFL doesn't want Deshaun Watson as a Brown playing in Houston, which would be Week 12? Yeah, that's a, that was sort of the interesting twist in this, um, that the 12 games, there was actually some meaning behind the 12 games. And it, it wasn't I wasn't fully aware until... Um, kind of going through the paces of why Robinson made the the decision that she did and then ultimately the settlement talks that had occurred. And um, a handful of sources were like, yeah, well, that 12, the reason why the 12 existed in the league's mind is Roger Goodell made it clear he doesn't want Deshaun Watson playing in Houston. He doesn't want him facing the Texans in Houston next uh, this this season. So, you know, interesting. I, I can't really say what the exact motivation is behind that other than it would be a complete circus um you know that event and i'm, I'm sure the the league and, and this is just me speculating here but i'm sure the league would also say hey you know we're still thinking about the individuals who are involved in these civil suits probably not the best um you know thing for him to to be back in houston and have this entire week um you know constantly played out on on the stage in front of you know, the the women that brought the the 24 civil suits. Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports with us this morning here on CBS Sports Radio. Charles, are are, are they allowed, the league and the PA, to resume any kind of settlement talks in all of this? Can they now say, hey, instead of letting somebody maybe say it's a full year and the union going, hey, we might go to federal court after all this, can they just on their own agree on a new number right now and be done with this? I don't think there's anything stopping that. I mean, the, the league has come out and said, as far as the process, at least one element of it is over. The arbitrator has decided that there was a violation of personal conduct penalty. So we're not going to argue whether or not there was a violation anymore. Now it becomes an argument of, of the number of games. But I think the motivation for the NFL at this point to resume any sort of settlement talks, I don't know why they would at this stage, because I think the NFL has said, look, we, we we told you initially what we wanted in terms of the one-year suspension. There, there's no way you were going for that. We reduced it down to what we thought was the most equitable um, middle ground, which was this 12 games and the significant financial you know penalty, and you didn't want that. And so now it's in our hands. You know, we, we have the ability now to ultimately get what we want. We just named the designee of our choice. We're going to pick someone. I mean, they won't say this publicly, but, I mean, they're going to pick someone who's could understand precisely what the NFL wants. I don't know why they would feel compelled now to go back to the table. That, in some respects, it would almost be like a prosecutor offering a, a plea deal 
and then you know a, a defendant saying, "No, I want to go to trial, go to trial, losing at trial," and then the defendant saying, "Well, let's start talking about a plea deal again." <laughs> like it's once it's off the table, it's off the table, and um, I think the only thing that could potentially change that is if Watson were to suddenly do an about face and the union were to do an about face and say, "Okay." You want the twelve, you know, games and the and the massive financial penalty. Let's go ahead and go that route. I I think at this point Watson's camp in the union would be more inclined to um, let the process play out and ultimately file a, a federal suit. Charles, can you walk me back through Sue Robinson's fair warning argument in the ruling from earlier this week? Because I can only look at it from a non-legal standpoint. I, it, it still just doesn't make sense to me why Deshaun Watson would need to be aware of a stiffer possible punishment for doing what he was doing as if he was standing there deciding, like, well, right. I could deal with six games, but if it was 12, I'd behave myself. Well, I I think it's more Sue Robinson was essentially saying, you know, um, you came into this asking for what is really an unprecedented penalty. And as an arbitrator, it's my job to weigh out, okay, did a personal conduct violation occur? Yes, it occurred. Now I have to lean on some element of precedent. And what she was saying to the NFL is you're asking me to set a new precedent. You're asking for something that's never occurred before. Now this is me paraphrasing what she said in her decision. And interestingly enough, she told the NFL this, during the hearing and that that was something that i was a little bit surprised to find out in the process of reporting the last couple of days was that when the hearing began everyone's there and she essentially said to the nfl look you're asking for something you're not likely going to get which is that one year suspension and because this has never happened before that's a completely um different standard than you have showcased in the past um for violent domestic uh for domestic violence um, penalties that, you know, things that included violence in the acts. And now you're asking for something, um, and presenting quote unquote, nonviolent acts. And you're, and you're still asking for this brand new standard. Um, you know, so I, I think it was just more along the lines of Sue Robinson saying, I'm not going to sit here and set this precedent for you. You've already set the precedent in previous decisions. I'm going to follow what's in front of me and what you've done prior to this. If you disagree with that, well, ultimately you have the lever that you can pull and and change the process and set the precedent yourself. And that's kind of what the league is now doing here. Whatever this designee chooses to do, that's going to be the new standard. And where, you know, it concerns quote unquote nonviolent um, incidents of sexual assault, as, as Sue Robinson said, as defined by the NFL, this is going to be whatever the ultimate penalty here is, I would consider the next arbitrator or the next arbitration process would consider this the new precedent. So Robinson saying that, I guess it was back in June, right? Is that how we got to the union feeling comfortable Sunday night saying we're going to accept whatever she says? I think, I think it, it made the union, I, I think even early on Watson's camp in the union, having been part of those hearings and everyone hearing her say, Hey, you're asking for something you're not going to get. Pretty quickly after that, we started to see the media leaks where people were like, hey, he's not going to get the what they're, you know, this full year that they're asking for. They're not going to get that. And um, the penalty is going to be less than people think. At the time, the thought process is, well, why, why is this coming out? Why are these leaks coming out? And this seems very confident. What we didn't know was that she stated it in front of everyone. Like, you're not going to get this year that you're asking for. And, um, you know, so I think that 
created a scenario where both Watson and the union felt, all right, well, let's go through this process now. We already know that the year appears to be taken off the table. Let's see where this ultimately falls. And I do think it shaped settlement talks, too, because they thought she stated what she stated. It's probably going to come back a, a lot less than the league thinks, and, and it ultimately did. Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports, our guest this morning here, writer than you on CBS Sports Radio. I said this to start the show, Charles. I, I think for me personally, six games, not enough for Deshaun Watson. I don't know if a full year is the right number. Maybe 12 is fine with me, but I, six seems too little. So as the NFL does this appeal and the and the peers adds games on, they're going to be fixing the situation kind of in my mind, but I feel compelled in no way to thank them to think that they know how to handle these situations any better than they did in the past like that's the way I should be looking at this correctly right like the league does not get to be the good guy here for writing a Sue Robinson wrong well they're also you have to ask yourself like okay why in this situation why did they have to set a new standard I mean it would be indicative of the standard prior to this wasn't great right or either that or they're going above and beyond for whatever their reasoning is, whether it's optics or whatever. And I know, you know, I know some people look at that and they go, well, geez, six games, that doesn't make a lot of sense. There were 24 civil suits, but people have to understand the, what the, the arbitrator Sue Robinson was, was operating under. They presented four women. I mean, it wasn't 24, it was four. And the four of the four, they did not um, allege that there was, um, you know, sexual assault as it's written in, you know, penal code. Um, and so, you know, for her to come with the six games, people have to remember how she would have dialed that in and the fact that she was leaning on how the league had handled things before and what kind of precedent. She she basically said, look, um, and again, this is me paraphrasing, but she said, look, at the domestic violence standard that the NFL has set is six games. That's the closest application I can come to in this particular case. And she pointed out, this is sexual assault as defined by the NFL. She repeated that in the decision several times as defined by the NFL, which was Sue Robinson basically saying, hey, this isn't as defined by a penal code. This is as defined by this corporation. And so I have to go by what they're defining it as. And um, so, yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't I think most people are sitting here going, it's probably not any real winner or good guy. Right. You know, I guess to to use that phrase in this whole um, situation. It's a mess. And, you know, the NFL is, is trying to sort it out in the way that it feels is, is proper. And in the process, they're really setting a standard moving forward. Have you heard any regret from the league side about how they presented just the four women? Is anybody now thinking maybe they should have overwhelmed Sue Robinson with horrible accusations and stories? Um, no, I mean, I don't, I, I, I haven't really heard, really anything from the league other than, you know, the fact that they're going to appeal this and, you know, some minor details of what had happened, you know, earlier in the hearings. But as far as um, any regret, I can only say that the, I know their, I, I, their thought process going into that hearing was we have to go with what presents our best case and our ability to not only present um, some of these alleged victims, but also, what evidence do we have? What digital evidence do we have? What contemporaneous evidence do we have? And they just felt like this is the best group. And anything else is, you know, people might say, okay, well, you're sort of, you could have flooded Sue Robinson and, and maybe that would have helped to weigh on what her decision is. 
But remember, they tried to bring a fifth woman into this who had not had direct testimony with the NFL, and she set that woman to the side. So I have to believe that if they even, you know, the fact that they even tried to get in a fifth, you know, individual and Sue Robinson set that aside, there's probably a reason why they didn't present the others, and they probably thought they they would have been set aside as well or not, you know, given the amount of consideration that we on the outside looking in might have suspected. I I think they went with the best that they had, and it kind of went the way it did. Charles, last question, wild guess. When do we get some kind of ruling on all of this? I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be next week. Um, The union has not put out a statement, but their statement is effectively going to be the brief that they file on Friday, which is in response to, to the appeal that the league has filed. And, you know, the league's already made it clear. We're not, we're not retrying anything here. We, the violation is the violation. The arbitrator agreed there's a violation. All we have to do now is ultimately decide on what the penalty is. I don't know why that would take any longer than next week. So I would, I would suspect that it's something that's determined by the NFL at some point next week. Um, uh, you know, any other reason to, to drag their feet on this? Again, I, I, I just don't know what it would be because they're not arguing the facts. They're just right. arguing the, the ultimate penalty at this point. Charles, thank you so much for all of this. We appreciate it. I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course, Charles Robinson, Yahoo Sports, senior NFL writer, as good as anybody. He's been on this story from start to finish um, and has a new post this morning uh, about the timeline, which we went through there, that back in June, when Sue Robinson, in front of everybody in the hearing, told the NFL that, hey, you're asking for too much here, that that set the tone for everything that's happened since. And now here we are with the league appealing to Deshaun Watson six-game suspension, Roger Goodell picking somebody else to hear the appeal. And as Charles said, there can be no new evidence, there can be no new witnesses, this appeal and now this hearing attached to it is only looking at what happened over three days initially and the decision from Sue Robinson. There's no repleting your case. There's no, we have another woman or the union can't say, hey, we have this to discredit somebody. There's nothing new allowed to be introduced now. It's just going over what's already happened. And then whatever decision we get to, that's it. This is the end in the NFL world, there's always this, the specter of the PA going to federal court. But the decision next week, maybe, is the decision. And then we see what the next step is. Maybe Deshaun Watson just serves his time, goes to treatment, maybe pays a fine, or maybe we end up in front of a federal court. 855 212 cbs 855 212 We switch gears in a big way. It's buy or sell. The earth is involved. Next on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage 
to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. You've gone a whole week without gems like that. It's almost over. Bill's almost back on Monday here on Writer Than You. Bogus in for Bill. Jim Rome's on vacation as well. And what a treat. One of my favorite people, Ross Tucker, filling in for Jim today and tomorrow, I believe. But doing so from here, I got to see Ross for the first time in person for a long time. So we can listen to him on all these great stations across CBS Sports Radio, the Free Auto app. You can watch him as well. Uh, be Jim Rome on CBS Sports Network. But enough about me and Ross and Ryder. This is D-Sales time. It's buy or sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Ryder Than You. All right, Andrew, let's start where we always do by talking about some NFL. Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford will not be participating in team drills from now on into the foreseeable future because he's still experiencing some elbow discomfort. Now, head coach Sean McVay tried to explain it, that it was more precautionary than anything else by saying, quote, hey, you'd love for him to have no issues and be out here playing and getting in all the reps, of course. But this is something that we think is best, end quote. Buy or sell being concerned about Matthew Stafford's elbow issues. Yeah, I'm going to buy this, D-Cell. Now- buy. As evidenced by your Trey Lance over Tom Brady take, you know more about quarterbacking than I do. Thank you for acknowledging that. Matthew Stafford's elbow is important to Matthew Stafford playing quarterback, correct? I would agree with that. And if this is just going to be a lingering pain problem, maybe it's not that huge of a deal. But I just, that's a key cog in the throwing machine. So if it's uncomfortable and it somehow affects him, that can't be great news for the Rams with the season fast approaching. All right, we go from one quarterback to another. As yesterday, as you would expect, Tua Tagovailoa was answering questions on Miami's tampering scandal and their interest in Tom Brady. But what seemed to annoy Tua even more than those questions was the news about his recent marriage that got leaked. I don't know who ended up leaking it, but he must have been waiting outside the courthouse for an entire week or something. Um, I mean, for for me, I love to keep my life as private as possible. And... uh, you know, that's what we tried to do with me, my wife, and uh, my family. But, you know, obviously, uh, in this world, that's not how 
Um, it is. Uh, it's almost kind of disrespectful, if you will, uh, by doing that. Uh, but it is what it is, and uh, can't do anything about it. Guys, I have a wife. Almost disrespectful. Buy or sell to his response to his marriage becoming public. Oh, I'll sell that. Sell. Now, forgive me and give me some leeway to walk back the sell if we find out more details. But, and again, you're the context expert. Everything needs context. I'm assuming people just reported the fact that Tua got married. Nobody said anything bad about his choice or his suit that day or anything like that. This was just, hey, Tua got married. Uh, from everything that I've seen, yes, you are correct in that assumption. And we're, so we're not allowed to know that? I don't think Tua wanted us to know it. Yeah, that's an odd thing to be fired up about. But maybe this is like a misdirect where, where Tua's been angry about all the Tua can't play quarterback talk. And he's held his tongue there. But for, this is the little mini escape route for those feelings. And judging by Tua's comments there, this was a courthouse wedding. And people could have just seen this with their own two eyes. Right. I mean, or maybe he's referencing the fact that you have to go to a courthouse usually to get your license signed. And maybe that's... But either way, I, I don't understand why... It can't be said that he got married. Because, again, whatever it is, at some point, there is a license that goes into the public record. And you find out, like, you can't, this can't always be secret. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. I would agree. But Tua, I mean, as he said, is a very private guy. And it's interesting that you read into the courthouse comment that he said about getting his license. See, I thought Tua was like me. Not inviting any of his colleagues, maybe to his maybe to that's his wedding. why he's upset. Maybe the O line wasn't there, and now they're not going to block for him because they didn't get an invite. Now two is going to be right. really mad with us because we cracked it. Yeah, we cracked the story wide open. Mm. All right, let's get to some college football here. Yesterday, Nick Saban was a guest on WJOX in Alabama, and well, he tried to put last season in perspective as the Crimson Tide lost to Georgia in the national title game. Last year we had kind of a rebuilding year, so we should have nine starters back on offense, nine on defense, but six guys go out early for the draft, so now we have five back on offense and seven back on defense. So that in and of itself creates a few more question marks, but it also creates opportunity for other players to be able to shine in the program and contribute in a positive way. Buy or sell Nick Saban calling last season a rebuilding year for Alabama. I think I'll sell this. Sell. Sure, you're replacing Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, some other good players. But their rebuilding year ended in the national title game after they won the SEC. And the replacement for Mac Jones won the Heisman Trophy. I mean... That's not even first world problems. That's a world that no one lives in problems. How is that? I mean, only Nick Saban had the gall to call last year when he was the national runner-up a rebuild. Now, I think we came out on opposing sides on this when the original Nick Saban versus Jimbo Fisher feud started. I believe you were team Jimbo. I was team Saban. But what really makes me scratch my head about Saban is when he says things like this, like, I can't get there. I'm sorry. I cannot get there. I didn't love that he walked back his feud with Jimbo and said, hey, we're all good, and, and Deion Sanders as well. But when he, he says it was a rebuild, I, I can't. I just can't get there. And it's, it is 
it might have felt like that to him when the year was beginning. Because I, I forget the number now, but it's Alabama. They lose multiple guys on each side of the ball every single year. And normally, most of those guys are NFL players. So he's replacing a lot. But normally, he's plugging in new future NFL stars into those spots. So it might have felt like a rebuild. But it's insulting to basically every other team in America to call it a rebuild that ended in the national title game. All right, let's get to some baseball here. Yesterday, Astros all-star Jordan Alvarez, well, he's having a career year, and he got a little help in Houston's 6-1 win over the Red Sox. Now, Alvarez led off the third inning by taking ball one, then looked at strike one, fouled off the next pitch for strike two, then home plate umpire Jim Wolf. Well, he called the third strike on the next pitch, but he did not punch Alvarez out. Nobody noticed. Catcher, pitcher, dugouts, nothing. Alvarez then grounded out on the next pitch. Buy or sell, it's more embarrassing for the umpire not to know it was strike three rather than the pitcher. Ooh, three in a row. Sell, baby. Sell. The umpire is just counting balls and strikes. They're just numbers to him. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. They're just numbers. But the pitcher and the catcher and the batter care about those numbers. It it leads to their strategy. I'm going to throw this. We're going to put the location here. I'm going to protect the outside corner. Whatever it is, they need to know the count, the pitcher and the catcher. So when this ball is called a strike, they should have known it was a strike two pitch. So now it's strike three, and nobody flinches. Now, it's an odd call by Jim Wolf. He seems confused. The pitcher's up and in. It was almost like he was still deciding whether it was a ball or a strike or not. So... The reaction's a little slow. It's a non-committal, like, lift and punch of the right arm. But I'm assuming he says strike three, so Christian Vasquez catching, and the pitcher got to go, all right, we did our job. Alvarez is gone, and nobody did. Yeah, so it's this. the umpire can make a mistake. The pitcher and the catcher got to know that he made a mistake right away and be like, dude, that was strike three. Where's our punch out? And I'm with you on the hesitation with the strike three call. I think that's why both dugouts maybe didn't notice anything. I don't know if they knew it was actually called a strike. It was a very odd, to your yeah. point, a very odd call for the strike. And I've got to update my rosters. Christian Vasquez would no longer be catching that situation. He's now on Jordan Alvarez's team. Which was an odd situation in itself. True. And they're in Houston, so it's not like, oh, strike three, the scoreboard's going to do some kind of graphic or the fans are going to applaud. Everyone was quiet thinking Alvarez had struck out. I think even he was like, that was strike three, right? But yeah, this is to me is on the pitcher and the catcher more than the umpire. But if you're Alvarez in that situation, you can't say anything. You don't say anything. I would. No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. Absolutely no. not. All right, for I believe the second time this week, let's get to some college basketball here. UConn star and former National Player of the Year Paige Beckers will miss all of next season after tearing her ACL in a pickup game. Now, Beckers also missed the bulk of last season because of injury before helping to lead the Huskies to the national title game where they lost to South Carolina. Beckers, who turns 21 this fall, will not be eligible to enter the WNBA draft until her 22nd birthday. Buy or sell that Paige Becker's injuries are an example as to why the WNBA needs to lower their age requirement. Buy. Buy. And forgive me, I I cover college women's college basketball a lot. I've I've never been part of one of these conversations. I don't know how deep and strong convictions are here. I don't know the full I can tell you where the all the NBA arguments are from either side in their debate over an age limit. So I don't know how deep and how 
conflicted this conversation is. But I saw people mentioning it yesterday because Paige Beckers is good enough to be in the WNBA right now. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. And even with NIL deals, I'm assuming between the WNBA and overseas deals, she'd be making more money as a pro. And yeah, off a second consecutive knee injury, which is hopefully not, but maybe affecting her in some minor way, some earning potential or not, whatnot. If she's going to tear her ACL, it'd be better if she tore it while getting WNBA paychecks. So it might be a long line from this injury to this conversation, but it's pretty stark that the WNBA draft rules are you need to be turning 22 the year of the draft or have graduated from a four-year college to be in the WNBA draft. Whereas the men, for maybe a few more days, just need to be one year removed from high school to be in the NBA draft. I'm not sure why there needs to be an ocean between those two sets of rules. All right, let's finish up here with something that has absolutely nothing to do with sports, but is very near and dear to this show. Everybody sit down. According to scientists, the Earth is spinning faster than it normally does, and on June 29th, we actually experienced the shortest day ever. Now, it's just by milliseconds, so don't freak out, but it was the shortest day nonetheless. Now, experts say if this trend continues, the way we measure universal time may need to change. Buy or sell that the Earth's spinning faster proves Bill Ryder's theory that we're in a simulation. Sell? Sell. I don't know the right answer to that. Um, I'm, I went with sell just to not give Bill any credit for his thoughts and fears. But this is weird. This is spooky. It's reassuring that the difference is 1.59 milliseconds. It's it's really undetectable to any of us. It's only going to grow, though. It's not like a we're like on an out-of-control, like, merry-go-round. People are going to flying off the horses out in the, into the crowd. But this is bizarre. And we can't change, like, the clock with the arms, but we can change the atomic <laughs> clock. And one of the possible solutions is... We're going to have a negative leap second? I'm not smart enough. I read that as well. I'm not smart enough to understand what that means. So do you know how the leap day works, what a leap year is? I think so. So the the actual year length is like a little more than 365 days. So they throw the extra day in every four years to account for that. That stretching out that one year balances out the other three. So now we're going to pull a day off the calendar? We're going to take a 1.5 milliseconds off the calendar, off the clock, to just pull us back so the clock and the earth are... I I don't know. This seems like a lot. The specifics aren't terrible at face value, but the idea that we could be spinning even faster in the future is not heartwarming. That's buy or sell. I don't know about simulations, but that's just, I mean, maybe there's an alien somewhere that Bill believes in that can slow things down for us, like hold the earth. I don't know, but no thank you on any of this. Um, there is more breaking news. I don't know if it's in Greg Caserta's update. I don't want to ruin it like I did the last time. But Brittany Griner is in the news. Roger Goodell and Deshaun Watson in the news. So I'll be quiet. Here's Greg with your CBS Sports Radio update. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Welcome back one last time. This time around for me, Andrew Bogish, in for Bill Ryder on this Thursday. Thanks, as always, for being with us on CBS Sports Radio, on the free Odyssey app, on Sirius XM, Channel 158, however you are listening to us on this Thursday morning. Still time for your phone calls at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Huge thanks again to Charles Robinson, senior NFL writer, Yahoo Sports, for helping us get through the latest on Deshaun Watson. And for those of you just checking in, the news this morning Still reported, we don't know the actual name just yet, but Roger Goodell, as expected, I'm sure, is not going to hear the NFL's appeal of Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension. He will pick somebody from outside the inner circle. Um, My guess is they are going to have a resume that will make you think that they're impartial here and that they're open-minded to anything, but I think we all can assume safely that this person is going to be basically in line with the league's thinking of what Deshaun Watson's punishment should have been for what he did to these multiple massage therapists in the Houston area. Is it a full year? Is it less than that plus a fine? Mandatory counseling target uh, and treatment seems to be in the mix as well from the NFL's perspective. And then the very specific nugget that Charles mentioned that the NFL is particularly concerned about Week 12 when the Browns play in Houston. He does not want Roger Goodell, the lead, do not want Deshaun Watson on the field for that game in Houston because it would be a... It would not be kind to the women, a handful of them now, who have had confirmed accusations and allegations against Deshaun Watson to see him in their city in an NFL uniform being celebrated by playing a good game basically right in their face where the bad things he did to them happened. And as Charles said, we probably will get some kind of ruling from whomever this person is at some point next week. And then maybe that leads to a trip to federal court as urged by the NFLPA reacting to the ruling on this appeal. There is football tonight, by the way. I'm not, if you need it, I'm not the source for it. I can't be excited about the Hall of Fame game. Love the Hall of Fame. Canton puts on a great show. The people there are amazing. But this is the second most pointless football game 
in the football world. The first will always be the Pro Bowl. That game should no longer exist. This game's going to exist, but it's got to be better. I mean, it's the Jaguars. It's the Raiders technically tonight in Canton. I couldn't tell you the first big name on either side who's going to play. And whoever that big name might be, they'll be on the field for 10 seconds and then they'll be done. If you need football that bad, great for you. I am that guy in a month or about a month, a little more than that, five or six weeks, there's going to be a preseason NHL game that I'm going to be drooling over. And there's going to be four actual Rangers on the ice. So I know that I know the feeling. I just don't have it for the hall of fame game, but Jaguars, Raiders tonight, enjoy it, love it. I think Ross Tucker, who is filling in for Jim Rome, who's going to be in the room that I'm in right now in a minute, is doing the show from here and then somehow time-traveling to Canton for that game tonight. And I got one last thing, because you don't care, but I'm going to tell you anyway. This damn tweet of mine from yesterday about the boys on Amazon Prime. We're now on 2,329 likes. I don't know what's going on. 2331, the number just changed. I don't know what's happening. Because I wrote the tweet at 737 Eastern Time last night. And it's gone from 1,000. I've gotten 1,300 likes in two hours after taking 14, 15 hours to get 1,000. I don't know what's happening. And as I predicted I don't know what's happening otherwise on Twitter because every time I look at it, I just get new new alerts. See, I cannot relate to this in any way, shape, or me form. Me neither, really. This, this, is, this is new territory for me. But I will say, I don't think this is how you're supposed to be reacting to a tweet of yours getting so much traction. I feel like you're supposed to open your arms up and embrace it. Well, I mean, I'm embracing it. I, I just wish it was like work related i wish it like it proved my value in the overall professional world that i live in not about a tv show that i now like fair enough so there is that um but i'll take it and it but it also it amazes me that like every ian rapaport tweet this happens to or any famous person who just tweets like i had a pb and j for breakfast and all of their fans love it times five hundred thousand. like i just can't process that so those little glimpse into an important person's world uh, is pretty fun. We were going to end the show with Aaron Rodgers. I got to put that aside, though, for a second, because the actual news of today, and this is the most serious thing where anyone's going to talk about for right now, uh, is Brittany Griner. She's been convicted of her drug charges in Russia, sentenced, it appears, to nine years in a penal colony in Russia. The lone bit of good news is we've been told all along that once court was done, then there'd be actual work on a release, some kind of prisoner swap. We now know the people that would be involved in such a trade, but we were waiting for the court to be done with this sham. And we are either there or just about to be there. So maybe, hopefully, this nightmare is about to be over. But I I just want to say again, I said this back in the first hour, and I hope you're listening if you think that Brittany Griner somehow deserves this or you're indifferent to this or you're holding something about her life against her and thinking that, you know, this is what happens when you break the law. You're going about this the wrong way. You just are. Because this is not the way this would normally play out. 
if I did this, if I was somehow on my way to Moscow and had less than a gram of cannabis oil in my luggage, I'd be in trouble and I would deserve it. I might spend a couple of horrible months or weeks in a Russian jail. I might have to pay a fine and then I would be very quickly told to leave Russia and never come back. I would not be in some kind of sham trial for publicity's sake and then sentenced to nine years in jail. This is happening because she's Brittany Griner, because she's an American of value and because the other side wanted something in return. This is a thing that's, there's not really any gray area here. This is not a two-sided debate. Everyone should want her back. I don't know that you need to be mad. You know, your level of frustration with the administration, I think there's varying degrees that because there's a person who would, a man who would come back with Brittany Griner, we hope, in some kind of trade who's been there for an even longer time. So it's just, it's not easy to figure any of this stuff out because of who the government's dealing with. So I don't know if we're pointing fingers, blaming. I don't know enough about that. But I do know that all of us should be uniformly outraged that this is happening and that she and anyone else like her that's being held there for non-legal reasons, for posturing and PR and publicity and for ulterior motives, we should want them all back immediately. And you shouldn't be shrugging your shoulders, dismissing this like, well, this is what happens when you break the law. She deserved it. She got herself in trouble. Let her deal with it. Because that's not what's happening. She's been in custody for almost six months. In a Russian jail. With everyone around her who's in charge of her, controlling her, completely aware of her value back here. Which is why she was in the predicament that she was in to begin with. It's a horrible story. On every possible level. And the only hope right now is that it's almost over for her, for her family, for her friends, for her teammates, that maybe finally the end is in sight because the court is done messing with her. They've gotten their conviction. They've gotten their sentence. Now maybe this can be done and she'll be home soon. We should all be hoping that. Thanks again to Charles Robinson, to D-Cell, to you for listening. Carrington Harrison's got you tomorrow on a Friday edition. Have a great Thursday for now. And thanks for listening. So writer than you on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.